And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello everybody and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode 387 coming at you from the winter solstice here in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. Happy Christmas season, happy Yule, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. I know Hanukkah is over now. But uh, yeah, happy winter holidays to everybody who celebrates it. And normally, as you know, every ninth episode of the show, we talk about mythology, or we, we mostly have done readings of mythology until we ran out of Norse myths to cover a second time. And uh, we're going to do a little bit something different this time, just to try it out. This is more in line with podcasts that I've done in the past, and particularly on my Tom Harris USA channel, which uh, is inactive at this point. But we're going to talk about mythology, because this is a mythology episode of the show. And we're going to tie in Norse mythology into Christmas tradition. And we're going to talk about it first in a very broad sense, and then we're going to talk about it more in a narrow sense. So I want to kind of wind the clock back a little bit here. And we're going to talk a bit about syncretism. And I did a whole episode of Tom Harris USA, my old podcast, about syncretism. But it was a long time ago. I don't expect you to go search for it. Anything I said in that is probably going to be repeated here anyway. So uh, if you want to go back and listen to my old Tom Harris USA shows, you can do that. Uh, They're at TomHarrisUSA.com, and I believe all the old episodes, including the live broadcasts, are still online there. Um, At least they should be, because I'm paying for hosting. So they, they damn well better be. But anyway... So syncretism basically is a a process, and it's a cultural process, where one culture incorporates another culture into its own cultural tradition. Normally, that happens through a syncretic process that involves conquering. One society dominating another society, imposing its traditions on another society, But sometimes it works the other way, too. And and a lot of times, syncretism is a two-way street. That is certainly the case with Christmas. Christmas is very much on our minds right now because this show is going to be releasing on Christmas Eve. So a lot of talk about Christmas going on. And Christmas has a lot to do with Norse mythology if you look closely enough in it. And syncretism in general was really something that the Romans were very fond of. The Romans, of course, were the, the, the basis of Western society as we know it. The Romans imposed their order everywhere, even in places where they weren't the dominant uh, political force. Places like Ireland were still influenced by Rome, even though the Romans never invaded Ireland. So, you know, the, the culturally, they were a monolith. And they incorporated a lot of the traditions of their conquered colonies into their own traditions as well. And this is nowhere more apparent 
than in traditions of Christmas. Now, Christmas is an interesting holiday because Christmas is one of the few holidays for which there is no specific cultural tradition. And think about that because it's very unusual. It's a holiday that is spelled out specifically by religious practice. And religion is not the same as culture. It is an aspect of culture, but it is not itself culture. So this is why there is such a, um, a diversity of ways that Christmas is celebrated throughout the world. And even in Europe, which is arguably the basis of our modern Christmas tradition, I guess it's not even arguable, it is, the different practices related to Christmas are very different from each other. They're very varied. They're very diverse. They don't even mean the same thing in a lot of places. There are some places where Christmas is no big deal. There are some places where Christmas is a huge deal, like America. But this really has more to do with, with what came later. But Christianity is not itself a culture. And it was because of the Roman Empire imposed on the rest of Europe. You know, a, lot of, a lot of Christians will probably take offense at that, but, but that is simply the way it is. Christianity was brought to Europe by the sword and other places as well, by conquering armies and by colonials and by missionaries, people who were trying to eradicate other cultures. But syncretism, like I said, is not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. And because you have to get the people who you are dominating to agree to do things your way, often they do it in their own way. They incorporate familiar beliefs to make it more palatable. A good example of this might be some of the Caribbean religions where you have these uh, Catholic religions mixed with the, the pagan beliefs of, of the people who were colonized by the Spaniards. And, and this is very much evident in, in things like Santeria and, and uh, Haitian voodoo. You know, the, there's a lot of back and forth going on, at, you know, neither of which would be completely acceptable to the other party, but, but there you go. You hit, you know, people are people, and they want to you know, have the familiar mixed in with what's being imposed upon them. So Christmas is kind of the ultimate syncretism. I mean, Christmas is celebrated in places that aren't even Christian, like Japan. Of course, Japan and, and Christmas are, is a, a very strange beast where you go to KFC and then you, you eat Christmas cake. And that's pretty much the extent of it. It's more like Valentine's Day. It's something that you would do with, with your significant other rather than a big family celebration. You know, it, it's a very different celebration over there. But getting away from that, the thing about the Norse tradition and Christmas is there's a lot of strong ties. Christmas, as we know it in America, you could argue, originated in Germany. Uh, the, the Teutonic tradition of Yule, which is itself derived from the Nordic tradition of Yule. And there was some convergent evolution there too. I mean, the, 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 they do stem from a similar source. The Yule tradition is, is essentially a Scandinavian one that spreads southward in a earlier syncretism that dominated the traditions of the people of more southerly 
portions of Europe. So everybody had their harvest festival, everybody had their midwinter festival, everybody had their spring festival. But you will, you will find, pun intended, because the pun is always intended with me, is very similar in Scandinavia, in Germany, in Central Europe. This is, this is true even before we had the Christianization, that, that wave of syncretism going the opposite direction. So the, the, the pagans in Germany and the pagans in Ireland and the pagans in Scotland and England, they all had connected beliefs. And these beliefs were spread by the what? Huh? Oh, the Vikings, yes. Because the Vikings were, were very widely spread. They, they did a lot of traveling. They did a lot of trading. Not as much looting and pillaging as most people think, but they did have a very wide reach. And you know, into Russia and you know, even to Constantinople itself in Turkey, you know, the, the, the Vikings were everywhere, including the Americas. So you know, they spread their cultural traditions in much the way that the church during the Roman period imposed its traditions on the people who were already there. So as you can see that there's kind of this back and forth syncretic Yule, Christmas, Saturnalia, holiday period where there's a lot of different cultural traditions and a lot of them are combined in various ways into the Christmas that we know today. Gift giving, of course, Saturnalia, um, and also the Nordic countries. Um, there's a very good article, and it's, uh, I believe it's on a site called sonsofvikings.com, which uh, is a, an article that I actually just considered reading it verbatim uh, on this podcast, but I decided not to. And it, it actually gives you the parallels between the stories of Odin and the story of Santa and the connection between Sleipnir and the reindeer. And it, it all makes perfect sense when you think about it in a syncretic way. You know, eight reindeer, well, that's because you don't use an eight-legged horse in Christian tradition. You know, that's not something that that a pagan could get away with. So you make that into a normal horse, you know, and in a lot of European pagan traditions, Santa Claus came, you know, drawn by a horse. He was riding a horse or was in a sleigh drawn by a horse. And we do have evidence going back to the Viking age of Sleipnir pulling a sleigh. Sleipnir, of course, being a horse that could fly. So there's already kind of a, a weird syncretic version of, of Santa in Odin himself. And this is something that the Sons of, of Vikings article goes into in more depth. And you can go over and read it yourself. I, I'm not going to just quote it all verbatim to you. But it is extremely interesting that so much of Odin and his legends have come down through our Christmas traditions to us. Everything from, you know, Sleipnir and his sleigh, arguably to the Elf on the Shelf. Now, Elf on the Shelf is a stupid tradition that, you know, 
should never have happened. It's a great. It's 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 a way to uh, make children paranoid. You know, hey, uh, I don't I don't approve of Elf on the Shelf, but I will say something. Um, Odin had something of the same thing. He had two ravens who would fly around the world and report the doings of people in Midgard back to Odin. In Northern Europe, ravens are pretty common. And if you see a raven watching you very intently, it's not such a big stretch to think that Odin is watching you. Maybe you're going to be on your best behavior while that raven is staring at you. Or maybe the raven is just hungry and thinks you have food. I don't know. Did Odin have a naughty and nice list? Maybe. I don't know. You'd have to ask him. But the ideas of Odin flying around, there was the the, the tradition of the wild hunt. This was the, uh, you know, Odin's winter hunt. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a stretch, in my opinion, to tie this to Santa Claus. But you do have this idea of, of Odin flying all around the world with this huge horde of people, um, you know, in the winter season. You could kind of argue that's like Santa Claus. I think it's a bit of a stretch myself, but, you know, hey, it's fun. It's fun to think about. It's an interesting thought experiment, like a lot of these things are. Now, there's something I find really interesting about the Scandinavian Christmas tradition, and that is that it seems like the further you get from Rome, culturally and distantly, the more interesting and less Christian-seeming these Christmas traditions are. And I think the best example of that are the Christmas traditions of Finland. As you all know, my very best friend in the world, Paul Schweikart, he lives in Finland. He's been living there since 1992. He married a Finnish woman, and they, and they live there now. That's, that's where he's been since the early 90s. So you know, the Christmas traditions of Finland are very, very different from something that you might find in America. For one thing, they hang out in graveyards on Christmas Eve. That's what they do. They go to the cemetery at night on Christmas Eve and visit the graves of their ancestors. Not a very Christian-sounding tradition. And it is tied directly into their Christmas celebration. This is part of having your holidays with the family, that these family members are just not alive anymore. And, you know, it's a, it's a very strange tradition by what by american standards americans like to avoid cemeteries because cemeteries are creepy i mean to me they're just you know very pretty park-like very specialized single-use landfills but you know other other people may have a different opinion about that but the uh, finnish christian tradition of course involves yolupuki now, Yolupuki is definitely a character who, he's analogous to Santa Claus, though some Finns also believe, or they teach about Santa Claus in addition to Yolupuki. And Yolupuki, you can definitely say, is more a, uh, a Loki-type character or an Odin-type character. Odin, of course, is very fond of going around Midgard in disguise and... You know, and watching what other people are doing. And Yolopuki is portrayed as a human, basically Yolfather, which Father Christmas, which is, of course, one of the other names for Odin. But he's also portrayed as a goat. And maybe you've seen these straw figurines of, of a goat. 
And these are displayed in most Finnish homes during the holiday season. This is Yolapuki. And Yolapuki is very strongly aligned with a race of elves. And this race of elves are known in Finland as Tontu. They may be known as other things in other countries. Um, and this is a direct, direct line back to the Norse mythology. The people who created Odin's gifts were elves and dwarves. And this, this idea of the Tontu, who are usually portrayed as kind of dwarvish, gnomish kind of characters. They're not really elven. They're more like little fat dwarves. And actually, pretty stereotypically, more like the gnomes from that, that 1980s gnome book that came out that was so popular. And, uh, and these uh, Tontu have various tasks that they do, including making toys. So that this is something that, that actually comes directly from Finland pagan tradition. Finland is an interesting con- country culturally because it's one of those places where Christianity was imposed upon them, but really hasn't completely been accepted by the populace. Uh, it is an extremely secular place. They, you know, there aren't a lot of strong evangelical-type Christian types in Finland because they consider it to be kind of obnoxious and, and, and ignorant. And you know, these are people who get in the way of, of progress. So you know, why should we listen to them? But the, uh, these syncretic traditions, of course, you know, they, nominally most of them claim to be Lutheran, the Finns. But the, the number, the percentage of people who are extreme religious is very, very, very low. In fact, they would probably only go to church twice a year, one of those times being a Christmas day and maybe the other one being at Easter. You know, as, Of course, there's a lot of people in America that are like that as well. As for me, myself, I gave up any pretensions of being Christian about you know, 30 years ago. Anyway, the, uh, it's interesting. You, know, the, the, you have Yolapuki, and he can you know, change back and forth between being a goat and being a person he delivers gifts and he has his little helper so this is a lot like what we would consider to be a modern christmas tradition today and you can see that this is something that that came directly down from the you know the aboriginal beliefs of the finns themselves and it's really really interesting to think about and and really really interesting to experience and having been in uh, finland not not at Christmas, but right after Christmas. I, I actually arrived uh, in Finland for one of my visits uh, the day after Christmas and stayed through the New Year. You know, it's one of those things that just makes you kind of say, okay, well, how how pagan is Christmas? And, and as it turns out, Christmas is pretty darn pagan because there is no there there when it comes to the Bible and Christmas. It's not a very important holiday until about the 19th century. In fact, there were times in American history when Christmas was illegal. The Puritans didn't support Christmas at all. The real war on Christmas took place in the early 1600s, folks. I hate to tell you that. And it was illegal to celebrate Christmas in America on pain of death uh, because it was not considered a Christian holiday. And if you're paying attention, Quite rightfully so. All right, and with that, it's time to wrap up the show. 
Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. If you want to go back and listen to my old Tom Harris USA episodes, you can do so. Also, the email address for that, well, the, the URL for that is tomharrisusa.com. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Happy holidays, everybody. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.